All right, y'all, that was the longest commercial break in the history, about two and a half years. We're back here with the Cardinal Sports Zone. Um, today, though, we're going to have a, we're doing a crossover episode. It's going to be us and our friends from the Big Red Louie. What's up, guys? How you doing, man? What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good. We got, who do we got? Introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Ethan Sprouse. I'm a student at UofL. Um, I'm also the vice president of the Villain Student Sections. So. Awesome, awesome. Most famous Louisville fan yes. in history, I think. Uh, Jacob Lane, editor of the Big Red Louie and uh, host of the Big Red Louie podcast. Same thing, Presley Meyer, uh, co-editor of Big Red Louie podcast and, and BigRedLouie.com. And then from Cardinal Sports Zone, we've got our guy, Justin Kruger. Justin, what's up? Uh, what's going on, Jeremy? Right, that's enough from you. Okay. And then we got our producer, Daniel Spencer. Hello, 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 guys. Right, and that's enough. Can you mute y'all's two mics so we don't hear from y'all the rest of the show? Uh, okay, sure. Yeah. All right. Sorry, that's our that. other show where I joke on y'all. But our guest today, we got we have, we have actual Louisville legends other than myself this time. Oh. In the house. <laughs> Ivan Green, Keith Kelsey. What's up, guys? Another day in the neighborhood, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good, yeah, Keith. Man, feels good to be back. Haven't been back in a while, so it feels good to be back in the city. It actually just worked out. I was I was talking to Keith the other day. I was like, man, I, I wish sometime when you're in town we could record a podcast. He's like, man, I'll be in town next Thursday. I was like, all right, let's let's do it. So that was uh, that was a very happy coincidence. What we're gonna do here though with this series of podcasts? Excuse me. What we're going to do with this? I told you, I just ran up and down the stairs like four times. I wasn't supposed to be doing cardio. You're making me tired. I know, dude. I'm yeah, exhausted. I would have edited it out. But there, <laughs> okay, we well, still can. Yeah. There's plenty of time. Um, what we're going to do with this, though, we decided, uh, Jacob hit me up a couple weeks ago and was like, man, let, let's do something together. And I said, well, let's, let's do a podcast series. So we want to do a baseball one, a football one, and a basketball one. And we plan on doing our baseball one first, but we had... Uh, I want to say real quick, we want to send out our condolences to the family of Luke Smith. His grandmother passed away. Uh, for those of y'all who know who don't know who Luke Smith is, he's the gentleman. Uh, he was our starting pitcher in the last game of the College World Series. You know, nice, nice thick glasses like mine, curly blonde hair. He kept saying fondue or something to the cameras on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Yeah. So uh, condolences out to his family. But here we are. So this is what we're going to do. Today we're going to do our football uh, football podcast instead. We got the experts here this time, NJK. So let's get started, guys. I, I've got so many questions, man. Let's go. Keith, oh. ha, have you been back to Louisville since since your last year? Uh, actually, the last time I've been back was 2017. Man, so they, they played Clemson. So they were still winning football games then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> How's it feel, man? I mean, you're you're a legend around here, so I'm sure they rolled out the red carpet for you today and everything. Man, it felt good just to be back around all the guys and just everyone in general. I just get that feeling every time I just walk into Papa John Stadium. It's like I never left. You know, it's a lot different now, though. They got a brand-new facility. I mean, it looked a lot different than when I was here three years ago. So, But it feels good to be back in the city. It's a lot of love here. Well, yeah, and th- they did the expansion. They did the expansion opening, actually. When was that? Was that back in uh- – no, no, no. no, for, no. For was, the, uh, we were out there. Was it in March, maybe? Yeah, last, last spring. Okay, last spring when they when they opened up the actual stadium, me and Ivan went up there and checked it out. Ivan, you couldn't believe like the differences out there. Because we were in the, the very first day that they opened up Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. The turf wasn't laid yet, but me and Ivan, uh, Lavelle Boyd, and uh, who was it? Charles Sheffield. We were walking around. The seats were up. It was just dirt. And we're like, man, this is awesome. We don't have to play in that crappy old Cardinal Stadium anymore. That place sucked. It's gone. How does that make yeah, you feel gone. that it's gone for you to play there? At first I was like, yay. But then I, I ride past it. I do get some little feeling just because I played. I, mean, I grew up here, so played high school ball there as well as college ball for a couple of years. But it was basically a piece of patio rug on top of a, a, a parking lot. In two, mu- in two months, they were going to put some amazing concerts on that, that spot. So Yeah, was- I was hearing the commercial today. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, that was our goal when we were growing up. Gosh, why does that make us – that makes us sound old, dude. I mean, 
you're getting up. To, I'm not, but you know it, the thing. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that that was the goal was to make it to state. And our state championship games were played at Cardinal Stadium. And sometimes team would teams would go in, come out of that game like beat up because that it was it was like playing on concrete. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, that AstroTurf don't play. Oh no, dude, it was awful. And then they moved the college baseball team over there for a couple of years, and they hated it too. But um, but I've been. Man, we really uh we got started back in '95, and it was uh it was me, you, and Chris was supposed to be here tonight, but he canceled on us because you know he's too big time to 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 come in. Chris got a lot going on. Plus, he got the young kids. I I was uh <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. How many kids you got now, Ivan? I got five. So five, but uh, only one in high school, and the rest of them are in college. So I uh. I was all uh, girls. I was a little active uh, back in college. So <laughs> <laughs> everybody else was right. Active? Uh, what plan? Yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody plan. else was raising their kids now, and I get to sit back and laugh a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, offer some babysitting services. But um, <laughs> I got five five daughters. Oh so, yeah, man, it's it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for the world. So do you have five shotguns too? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. I got more than five. <laughs> uh, yeah, <I'm> <laughs> There's a couple machine guns in there too. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting. I do a lot of traveling, too, though. Two of them play D1 basketball. So Where do they play? I knew that you had a, a couple from that were around yeah, here that yeah. really, really popular and got recruited, but I don't know where they play at. Yeah, I got one playing for University of Cincinnati, and then I got uh, one in JUCO down in Dallas, and she's highly recruited. She, so she'll choose her. Uh, after this year, she'll choose a D1 school to go to. So mm-hmm. Did you play basketball in high school? Yeah, I did. Keith, did you play basketball? Yeah, I played a little bit. You could hoop a little bit? Yeah. Who from your team over the four years you were here was the best hooper on the team? Two people that come to name will come to my mind is Kyle De La Cruz and Devontae Parker. Okay, I nah, can see that. I can yeah. see Devontae. Yeah, I know Devontae can play. Yeah, Kai, yeah. Kai actually play. I think Kai actually plays overseas right now. He does. Yeah, plays yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Devontae also play in high school? He did. So yeah, he played yeah, at Ballard. Yeah, yeah. I, we went back and forth with him this week on Twitter because he played my senior year. He was a senior at Ballard. I went to Eastern. Our team was really, really good. And the man was a, just an incredible three-point shooter. It was yeah. – like, he could have played both sports at UofL. I'm 100% sure of that. He was jumping out the gym. <laughs> Ivan definitely could have played – but he he was a good basketball player. He could have played both – he could play both sports. Would you have wanted to if the opportunity was given? If I could do it over again, um, the opportunity actually was there. Scooter okay. McCray, um, I'm real good friends with Scooter, him and um, Wiley Brown. They all approached us one summer, man. We worked out with the basketball team for a little while, but I was real – I was young then, wasn't thinking right, and I was like, man, I play basketball. I'm not going to have time to talk to any women. I hang out and go to any parties. That was actually my mentality, so it was it was, it was kind of silly. But um, Wait, they offered you after that summer and didn't offer me? Hey, man, um, I, I had to be greedy somewhere. You took out the football, so I had to. That's actually the furthest from being true. I mean, we are we are still the, the highest scoring tight end tandem in the U of L history. I got you. How many do you have? I got thirty three. You got thirty three. How many and do I you have? Zero. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we are also the highest yeah. scoring tight end tandem yeah. in Louisville history. Yeah. Then he has thirty three. So. Yeah. Okay. We we have thirty three. <laughs> we have thirty three. We claim a partnership with Devonte Parker since we went to school together. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What about you? Who who was the best hooper on the the four years you were there? If you, Me. Okay, sure. outside of you. That's, but um, no, it was a, we have a lot of hoopers, man. We had Arnold Jackson. He could like jump out. I can imagine him being a good basketball he, player. Like, Lavelle was good too. Lavelle. What about Chris? Can he play? Chris. Chris played. Well, me and Chris played on the same high school team. But, okay. Um, so Chris could play. Don Bib. We had a whole like. It was, it's endless. Like I can name a bunch of hoopers. It was so frustrating playing against Mel when we were in high school because every. Every guy played every sport together. So if they were good at one, they were good at all the sports. We're just like, can y'all just get out of here real quick so we can we can have a little run or something? But no, I got the I played opposite of Ivan and Chris every single year. I played competitive sports, so that was awesome for them, not for me. Keith, I've got a couple of questions for you, but I want to start uh, with your freshman season, getting to play with um, Coach Petrino. Um, that first game of this – I'm sorry, your, your sophomore season would be the one I'm talking about. To to be able to open up with, with Bobby Petrino after playing for Coach Strong, what was that transition like for you guys from your freshman season going into where sophomore season you're now a key part of that defense, playing for a new coach? How was the transition? How did that go for you? Uh, it was a, it was a big transition because they two totally different coaches. You know, yeah. Coach Strong, you know, he more of a player's coach. 
you know, Coach P, more fiery. It's just two totally different personalities. They're both two great coaches, and, you know, but we all came together. We had a lot of veteran leadership at the time. You know, I was young. I was a sophomore when Coach P came in. But we had a lot of guys like Lorenzo Malden, Sheldon Rankins. All those guys are still there, Charles Gaines. So, you know, we didn't have that much far to catch up on. You know, those guys brought me along and just brought the whole team along and just made it that much easier. When he came in, what was the interaction like? Because we, we – and we'll talk about this tonight, but – there's been all kinds of talk over the last few months since Coach Satterfield took over of, that Coach P wasn't even accessible. Was that the case for you guys? Were you all able to – was was there good relationships there when he first came in? Uh, you just got to – it's hard to explain. You just got to know how to talk to Coach Petrino. I mean, you know, it was kind of shaky when he, when he first got there with me. You know, my first practice, I think I hit like LJ Scott or somebody, and he kicked me out of practice. I probably got kicked out of practice like the first five practices. And then towards, like, my junior senior year, we became good friends. So, I mean, you know, it's just – you just got to get to know him. And I don't know, Coach P, you just – I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ivan, Coach P was was uh, offensive coordinator for us. How many years when, when – Yeah, he was – Because I was only there for two years. You were there all, he was all there four. My, he was there my junior year. Junior year? Yeah, he was there my junior year. What was your experiences with him? Was it so, similar to what you've heard about, like, from Keystone and from the, the current players, what they're saying? It was exactly the same. <laughs> he's definitely not a people person, but he's definitely a – a gamesman, I can say. He's 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 gonna, you know what I mean. He's gonna put the play in. He's gonna man, but he's definitely not a people person. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's but it's ironic because the last time I seen him, it was a senior night, maybe two years ago. No, it wasn't. It was the spring game, and he gave me a hug, and I, I was my eyes got this big. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine him hugging anybody. And like me, Lavelle, Dion, and everybody went out that night, and I was like, "Hey, man, Coach P gave me a hug." And he was like what? <laughs> Stop so, I mean, you know, he he he's he's a good guy. He's definitely a good guy. Great coach, definitely a great coach. But um, he's just, he's not a people person. Coach Grantham, that's my next question. What was he like? I mean, he seemed like his defense. His defense looked like it was fun to play in. Like I'm not a football player, never played football. But for you guys, you just got to run around and hit people and get the football. How was that for you? Oh man, I love Coach Grantham, man. I, I ain't gonna lie. When he first got there, though, boy, Coach. Coach Grantham, he'll he'll let you have it. Like I'm talking about in front of everybody. But you know, the 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 longer you be around him and then you get to learning his schemes and stuff, he had like an NFL type defense. So he just really let us go around and make plays. You know, I was so young, I was a sophomore and starting my position, so I had to know everything. So it was like if I messed up, then the whole defense messed up and upper class and looking to me. But, you know, the more I was in it, and I loved his defense. He let everybody fly around and make plays, just the whole defense. What what did uh, – let me ask you this. What was the first thing you did to get him to yell at you, Coach Grantham? Was it a, was it a misplay, miscall, or did you just do something silly like in practice? I think it was that spring when he got there. Uh, he might have put in like 15 plays on the first day, like crazy plays. Like and I might have just – Said the wrong check or something, he he cussed me out bad. Like, it was bad. But, you know, I got used to it. And then that spring, I really sat with him every day and just learned the defense before that season and just got with him every day that summer. And that's how I was able to pick up on the defense so fast. Keith, I got to say, so you and I and Jacob are all about the same age. Um, And so my thought process is moving into – there's kind of like a new generation of kids coming up. And I feel like for maybe somebody like our age um, who maybe didn't grow up with so much social media and that sort of thing, um, do you think that there's like a kind of a transition and that, that, that could have been part of the reason, just the personality-wise, part of the reason why um, you have coaches like like Coach Grantham and like Coach Petrino who all of a sudden there's this transition to a, a new group of players who just aren't as – they're not as receptive to what, what they're preaching. They're not used to getting chewed out on the field. They're not used to – not having that like family atmosphere, people person, you know, type of type of personality. Do you think that there's something to say for that? Is as far as you know, just speaking towards last season, I guess. I mean, social media done changed so much, and it done got so much bigger. I know when I was coming out of high school, I had like just got a Instagram. I know Twitter was big at the time, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near as big as it is now. You see people on Twitter and Instagram every day, all day. That's how recruiting is being done. 
you know, and I got here, we had Coach Strong them. So they had that old school mentality. Right, They're going to let right. you have it every day and you're going to have to come work. Now a lot of the guys coming into college expect something to be given to them just because the recruiting process, you got everybody kissing up to them. But at the end of the day, when you get to college, you got to put in the work. Right. So, so I guess it'd be the same thing for you too, too, Ivan, because you have kids who've been growing up in this generation. Do you see that there's like a transition from you know kids maybe like like Keith's age moving into like teenagers, early twenty twenties kids now who, when they were like in elementary and middle school, they're coming up with like Facebook and like there's just all this constant attention coming towards them all of a sudden. Whereas, do you think there that there's something to say with that as far as like the humility aspect of things or? Well, it's, it's definitely different. Um, it plays a major role. Social media plays a major role. I'm still old school, especially mm-hmm. how I do my, my daughters and everything else. Because when you get to college, all those guys cross the ball from you, everybody was their star in their high school. Right. Everybody was a star in their high school. So if you don't teach your, your, your kid that or the athlete that going into college, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Because when you get there – a lot of these coaches' jobs are on the line. So mm-hmm. they're not getting ready to be nice to you. They're going to cuss. They're going to yell. They're going to scream. So if you're a superstar and you're not used to getting all of that done to you, it can be a shock to some of those those guys. And I think that's probably been like a, honestly been that way for a while, though, because you're right. They're all coming from a high school where they are the star, and now they're not. I, I do see what he's saying, though. Social media kind of makes it uh, harder for people to kind of – um, get you know, not get the attention they're getting or whatnot like that, but I do think it's it's kind of been an aspect of, uh, overall, just because of re- where recruiting is and whatnot, and they don't get the attention. You see that in a lot of like older, you know, older documentaries and stuff talking about sports. Even even when co- uh, college uh, athletes go to the pros, like they think, oh no, I'm the big stuff. Like, no, wait a minute, no, you're not. You're not the big stuff here. You're, you know, you're just a new rookie. You know, so. It happens there too, as well. Well, you got to think when me and Ivan were coming up, we didn't we we didn't have we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have Huddle, we didn't even have MySpace. No, we were just doing our thing out there, getting record. You had to you like really be noticed, especially here in the city to 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 get. You'd be lucky if the newspaper picked you up or said something about you. Right, the newspaper was in black and white. Right, if it wrote a little blurb about it, little little sentence, that was a big deal. I mean, they were they wrote plenty of stuff about me. I had some color. I'm just, <laughs> like on a Sunday, man, I get a nice, nice little color picture in there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it made a major difference, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, like everybody's a star today, you can, right? You can put your stuff on, like you said, Huddle and YouTube, and I'm still behind a lot of that stuff because my daughters are putting their stuff on. On I don't know what that program was called, <laughs> but well, it, it makes it easier for I guess the coaches to to find somebody just watch videos. But back then, they used to have to go search, go go look for, go 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 see the games, sit there and watch you. Where now you can just oh, let me see a highlight video of this kid or whatever, you know. So it does make it different for coaching for sure. Well, as far as the kids are concerned too, they're doing things differently too because you legitimately see people that are like whoever retweets the most, that's where I'll commit, and it's just crazy. Like anybody would make a decision based upon how many because like. Over the last ten years, for the most part, Louisville fans are very, very humble. They're very quiet for the again for the most part, and Kentucky fans have been kind of like not that. Yeah. So where you would see a kid trying to choose between the two, and they say, I, "Whichever school shouts us out the most, we'll, we'll commit there." And it's kind of like you don't want to be the guy that's like, "Hey, hey, Keith Kelsey." I, I love your your football game. Please commit to Louisville. You don't you don't you don't want to be that. They they don't have any problem being that guy. They've been that guy forever. But it's just it recruiting's a whole different. It's it's a whole different game now. What Let me the- ask this. So uh, one thing that I've been noticing in football is like younger coaches are sort of dominating, like taking over the new head coaching spots. Like NFL, you're seeing guys like uh, Matt Nagy, uh, Cliff Kingsbury take over. And then you got Satterfield taking over at Louisville. I think he's like mid forties ish or so. And you got Dabo Sweeney at Clemson too. And I think he's only like still in his late forties, early fifties. Does like the age aspect of it sort of help coaches connect to like the younger players? I don't. I don't know about that per se. But here's what I'll tell you: I was recruited by Schnellenberger when I got to campus. Ron Cooper was there, and Ron Cooper at the time was the youngest football coach in Louisville history, I think, and. The, the, their, their styles were so different. Coach Nellenberger was like the old ball coach. Like he wanted things done the old school way. He was very, very strict, very harsh. The way that I was taught, 
like the way that they try to play football these days were like, oh, don't hit too hard. Like, no, I would have never been – I could have never flourished in that type of situation. Coach Nellenberg, Coach Nellenberger was, was old school and harsh. Coach Cooper, on the other hand, wanted to hang out with us every weekend, and that's why we went 1-10 in the one year because it just – the worst worst record in, in Louisville history. It Thankfully, had already been dismissed from the team, so that was his record, not mine. But uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, no, it was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it seem a little bit less worse than it That's actually was. Pretty good stats every year, though, man. You know, you had good stats every year because it's all we did was throw the ball to Ivan Green. Uh, but that—that's all. Uh, it was just a different mindset. It, you could just tell, like me being able, because Snellenberger was old when 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 he when he recruited me, mm-hmm. and Cooper was young, so it was it was really different. Uh, Keith and Ivan, do you think it's good for football, kind of the way that coaches? have been becoming more personable, more kind of like the Dabo Sweeney type guys? Or do you think that – are you more of a fan of kind of the old school Petrino or Strong type style? Well, it, I mean, it all depends on if you're winning. I mean, right now Clemson winning. I mean, the players can relate to them. You know, it's always good when the players can relate to the coaches and stuff. As long as you're still working hard and everything else, then it really don't matter. For real, as long as you're winning. And it's like like he said, I think it's about winning in, mm-hmm. in, at the end. The end result is about winning. But I think it helps to have that mix. Like I'm sure you'll see a young guy; he'll go get a, a, a older defensive coordinator or older cornerback coach or whatever, just to be there and give him some of that wisdom. Because some of that old school, just that those little secrets, they've been around the game. Little bitty things to help out. That, that's something I actually wanted to bring up. So, like when you were when y'all were playing, did you all and and you all, and well, it's kind of a two part question. When y'all were playing, did you have guys that say came back former alum whatnot come in? At, Maybe in the NFL, and that you kind of, hey, you grabbed and said, hey, you know, what, what, what can I do to make my game better? What can I do to do this? And like that kind of, kind of talk. And then, and then the second part question is, do y'all do that now? Do y'all go to the young guys and say, hey, guys, look, this is what I see. You can work your game here and do this better and things like that. Good question. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had guys. You know, I used to talk to like Dion Branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dumaville used to come back every now and then. I used to talk to those guys and just try to pick their brains, see what they were doing. And then I seen even when I got out of school, you know, I kept in contact with a lot of the guys here, and you know, just giving back to the young guys because that's what was given given to me when I was here. So mm-hmm. just making sure they're doing whatever they need to do, you know, if they want to get to the next level. So I just try to give them all I know. Yeah, and I, I think it helps with them guys coming back for the little tidbits because I mean, it takes more than just the talents to make it to to the NFL. It's yeah. like it's a little bit of everything. Um, Roman Oven came back, Sam Madison, a lot of those guys came back and uh, talked to us and give us tips and pointers. And also, we were great friends. I mean, a lot of them guys, like, we, when I mean like best friends, we're like family. So yeah. mm-hmm. they came back a lot of times just to hang out, and that right there would help. Now, Ivan, uh, you were part of the 1-10 uh, team back in 96. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I don't want to bring that up in jest, but you were also that. part of the teams back in 98, 99 when uh, John L. came through. And you guys were able to make bowl game after bowl game. So when uh, John L. arrived, uh, what sort of things changed that enabled you all to just rise above what you were and become a bowl contender? I mean, it, it, it was it was a whole lot, whole lot of everything going on. We um, we were young for the first part. Like when we when Cooper was there, man, we were, he had a bunch of freshmen playing mm-hmm. on the offense. Like we were number one. We were the number one defense in the nation. A lot of people don't know that. But we were the very last offense in the nation as well. So, like, it, we were just very, very young because same, that same team came back next year and we ended up going to a bowl game. went like 7-4 and four maybe. Went to a yep, bowl. 7-4. And, and um, so I, I think we were young. But at the same time, man, he – I think what Coach Cooper – what hurt Coach Cooper was his staff. John L. brought in Coach P and Coach P lit it up and we had a great D already coming back. So, like – it was just, it was just great. It was timing was good for him, and we were going into the new stadium. And um, I, I just think, I think coach when Coach P coming in, that that offensive minded guy, he he put a lot of magic in. Man, we had a lot of great athletes, and we were ready to roll. Well, with Coach Cooper, my thing is is that you you hit the nail right on the head. That staff was just they were all nice guys. There was no mix. We talked earlier about you needing a mix. There was no mix. If we wanted to get out of doing something, we could get out of it pretty easily. People didn't show up to the meetings sometimes. It was never it was it was rarely ever addressed. But still to this day I still keep up with Coach Coop. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I mean, he the, his personality was not his flaw. It was just the execution. 
I've got a question for you. I know that in your recruitment, some might say that you were unheralded or you didn't get maybe some of the attention that you should have, especially for what we saw for four years on the field. Louisville and Kentucky were two schools that offered you. What what kind of drew you to Louisville, and what did you hate most about Kentucky? <laughs> uh, well, really, when I was deciding, you know, they actually had went to the Sugar Bowl that year. Well, and beat, you and your dad played for Florida, correct? Mm-hmm. And you're from Gainesville, yeah. correct? So that was like – Yeah, that was crazy. Because when I took my visit, we went to Coach Strong House, and that's all he was playing the whole time was that game. <laughs> 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 he just kept playing that game the whole time when we was over there. And, you know, I you know, I took a visit to Lexington, and it, it just – it wasn't the same. You know, I was looking it smells at – smells too, right? I was just looking at horses and stuff <laughs> all day. And, I mean, it has, you know, they had nice facilities and all that too, but I just felt like – you know, I'm from Florida, too, so at the time, I think Louisville had about 30-something people on the team from right. Florida. So, you know, it just felt like home when I came up here. Right. And, you know, that just played a major factor in that as well. Speaking of Florida guys, uh, you played with Teddy your freshman year, and everybody always praised uh, Teddy's football IQ. Uh, what's one example of Teddy's football IQ that just completely, like, captivated you? It's <sighs> a lot. I mean, one game that really stick out to me was – I think it was the last game of the season. We played Cincinnati my was, freshman year. That was the eighth. We, we went eight. No, that was, I was going to bring that up. That's when he threw that, that just that the precision pass yeah. to Damian, yeah. the 52-yard first down. But yeah. it was like one play, it was like fourth down. It was like fourth and 12, and he spent and drug like five people to get the first down. Then he, the next play, he spent out another double team and like just flicked it back up in the end zone. I mean, Teddy was real smart. He – a lot of stuff he used to do is just it's crazy. And then I got a chance to play with Lamar too, so it's like I had to see both of them. With with Teddy, was there ever a moment in practice your freshman year where you're you know lined up and he's calling a play or he's dropping back and you're like, oh, I got him. I'm getting this ball right here. And then he just completely tricks you, takes his eyes somewhere else, yeah. and you look like a fool. <laughs> yeah, that happened a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. He used to really he used to toy with me a little bit about it too. He'll look me dead in my face and say he finna throw it somewhere and then throw it somewhere else. I mean, we had a lot of fun, though, man. I, I had a lot of fun my freshman year. When was the first time when you saw Lamar and you said, holy crap, this kid is going to be special? The first camp. Uh, I think the ones, ones defense, we was on the sideline, and Lamar was – I think he was on, like, the third team. And Coach Petrino told him, told everybody he's live. Like, he can, y'all can tackle him. And I don't think nobody tackled him. Like, the whole time he was out there, we were just sitting there just watching. Like, he's making everybody miss. Then he came in Auburn game and showed some flashes. But the game that really stuck out, the way he really took off was that Kentucky game. He came back, and then Texas A&M. Then he looked back since. What is it about uh, Lamar's running style that makes him so slippery or elusive to you? He can – I ain't never really seen nobody do it. He he can literally stop on a dime. Like, he can be running full speed and just cut – you know, a lot of times you see people do that in football. They might have knee problems, hurt their knee. He can really, like, just stop on a dime and then accelerate full speed like it ain't nothing. I've yeah. never seen Yeah, one it. thing I noticed, too, is, like, he's exceptionally fluid in his hips. Like, he's able to juke at such a sharp turn that, like, no other QB I've ever seen did it, well, Michael Vick or otherwise. Yeah, it's pretty – I've seen him do some stuff while he was hitting two years. If you get a chance in the next couple of years to line up on the opposite side of the field and hit him, are you going to try to give him everything you have? Yeah, or got, are you afraid you're going to get juked I out of your shoes? I got to. I got to give him everything. <laughs> I know he's going to try to do me, so it's, it's vice versa. I mean, that's my brother. I love him, but he's known the field. You don't got no friends. I've been. What was it like for you? You played with – who with Chris Redman, who still is one of the best Cardinal quarterbacks of all time. What's it been like for you over the last decade or so watching guys like Teddy, watching guys like Lamar kind of continue to build on what Chris started and some of the guys before Chris? And this makes me proud. A lot of times, man, they, they call us quarterback you. We really had some great quarterbacks over the history. So I, I, don't, I don't see that part of it ending. But um, it's just been – I've been proud. I've been proud to see these guys going through a lot of the adversity and everything that – ups and the downs going two and two and nine and i did our article with the career journal about the same thing going two and nine because we went one and ten and uh it's just been great just being able to watch these guys man especially from i get to see it i don't got to play it no more (laughs) (laughs) because i I get to get to watch them guys go through some of the same bumps and cuts and bruises and the same ups and downs man and it's 
it's major. I still get an adrenaline rush, though, when I go out. So it's kind of hard for me to watch it sometimes on, on the field and stuff like that. But I, I really enjoy watching them guys play. Uh, Keith, you were part of a pretty unbelievable run for Louisville football. Um, what, what's your favorite, like, specific personal memory at part of that run in your career? Uh, ahead of you would be Florida State. That was, it was, you know, it was the first college game day in school history. And then on top of that, I think it was Muhammad Ali Day. They mm-hmm. named it his day. So just seeing the whole game day, Lee Corso, all them out there, I mean, just I remember that whole morning. Just nobody couldn't even really sleep. Everybody woke up early, pumped. We, I think we had to wake up at – we played them at 12. I think everybody was up by like 6 or 7 in the morning just watching ESPN, just excited. But, I mean, the whole time we knew we were going to win, though. We, we we thought that. I mean, we was on the run. And that was that was the best moment because we had always heard about when they beat Florida State before they was carrying the goalposts down the uh, campus, and then the fans rushed the field after we beat them. So that was crazy, man. That was that was the best experience of my life. How crazy was that locker room after that game? Oh, it was crazy. It was <laughs> that was the most exciting I've seen campus since while I was there. Yeah, yeah was, the whole city was excited. So oh yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, that was because wow. we were we were probably just like y'all, man. I was up early that morning too. Yeah. So <laughs> the year before, that was, that was a great game man. with Florida State. I, I remember that game because I thought Louisville was going to win, and I the first half Louisville. I think you guys were up by fourteen at one point. Yeah. Had a chance to be up twenty one, and then the whole fumble in the end zone thing happened. They they called the touchdown for Florida State. How frustrating was that for that to slip out of your all's hands, knowing that you had him kind of pinned back and then allowed Jameis to just, you know, kind of have his way, him and Dalvin Cook both? Well, actually, that was my sophomore year. Mm, that was two uh, years before that. My yeah. junior year, we had him too at uh, halftime. I think we was up. Yeah, y'all seven. Up seven. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think third, as soon as the third quarter came, I got a concussion. I missed the whole rest of the game. I didn't even see what happened yeah. in the rest of the game. I know Dalvin Cook did something crazy. Well, my sophomore year, that was the most crazy comeback I ever seen in my life. Yeah, like we really thought we had, we we was playing. We was like, man, we finna get them to carry the goalposts down the campus again. Finna have the whole city. We wore the the camo gear that game, right? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. A blo- it was, a blo- was there a blockout camo too? Uh, yeah, like it was. Yeah, it, was, it, was like, it was like a gray. It was a gray one. I, I will never forget. Tell me if you remember this. Gerard picked that pass off. I think it was the first play of the second half, maybe, and tried to take the ball. For the touchdown and fumbled it, yeah. and the whole stadium, I think, collectively was yelling, "Get down, get down!" And he just kept going. <laughs> Do you was, remember that? That was a big momentum shift too. Mm-hmm. What was it like playing with Gerard, having a guy back there who you knew was going to get the football no matter what? How much easier did it make your job? I man had fourteen interceptions. I never seen that like that. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Like, it was, I think like the first game Miami caught a pick, it was like, okay, and the second game caught two picks. Third game he messed around, and caught three. And then it just kept going on and on. I'm like, like, man, how many picks he gonna catch? Every week we trying to see if he gonna catch one. And it was just, it was crazy. You, you probably never see nothing like that again. You know, you don't get to see too much stuff like that. Between so. uh, Jameis and Deshaun Watson, who was a tougher matchup in your Louisville career? I'd probably say Watson, because we had Clemson so many years. Mm-hmm. Like my sophomore year, they beat us and they didn't even score a touchdown on offense when we played the. Like they scored on a, uh, I think a sack script, and in the end zone touchdown, and they scored on a punt return, and that's when we got stopped at the one. In my junior year, then that's when we missed the field goal. Damn, I seen how we lost our senior year. So, I mean, every year we had them, but I mean, Watson, he's great though. What would that feel like when you're, you know, defensively you would do, what what you could, and then like. The offense would you're like, hey man, this is we got it, and then the offense would either, you know, say it wouldn't deliver, or yet they would cause the game, cause you know, fumble or something would happen, cause it losing. You're on the, you're on the, like when you take that into heart, like man, we just did all this work and look what look what y'all did. Would you, would you come against each other like that, or would you kind of just say team's a team, you know? Yeah, I mean it's a team sport. You know, it's one play don't define the whole game. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of plays that go into even on defense. We could be done played a great game. And it could be that one play where they slip and break a long run. So, you know, it's a whole team game. But, you know, you can't never turn on your teammates because, you know, you can ruin a whole season like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, football's completely different. It's not like ba- basketball, you get those ego. Football, you can have some egos, but in the end, you know, you got to depend on the defense. Defense mm-hmm. knows they got to depend on the offense. 
Uh, it's a completely different beast well, there. Well, a lot of young guys will have that attitude, like, man, we just look what we just did. Now I got to go out there and clean up their mess. Yeah. But, but I mean, what would your advice be to someone like that when they have that attitude? I mean, everybody go through that. You know, it'd be times <laughs> where you know offense can't score, and defense like, man, we got to go out there again. Then it'd be some time defense can't stop them. Offense be like, man, we gonna ever get on the field. Right. So you know that happens in football all the time. But you know, you just got to have each other back. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I would say. You know. We always made sure we was close together. Like when we was in school, everything we did we was close, whether that was off the field or on the field, and it just helped translate on the field. Before we move, before we move on from Gerard, I also want to point out that he had a couple of picks on two point conversion plays. He had one against Kentucky and one against I want to say Clemson, but those don't count in the overall stats. So technically, he probably had about sixteen, seventeen picks. He was just, probably since Sam Madison the most prolific uh, cornerback that I'd ever seen him play. So, I've, I've been for you. Um, I guess I'm looking back at that that one win season. That schedule was nuts. Like, n- no joke. I mean, so you had you went to Oklahoma. You hosted number one Penn State at home. What was the best player that you saw? I've seen tons of players. Uh, that's the one thing I could say. Back then, we had a crazy schedule. We played Michigan State, Penn State every year in North Carolina. Um, some of the great top I've seen uh, Courtney Brown, LeVar Arrington, uh, uh, Joe Jervicious, who else? Kerry Collins. Uh, who's the big running back from uh, my father from uh, Utah? Yeah. The big running back. Um, it, it was just, it was so many players, man. They, it was just, it was, it was crazy. We, uh. I don't know. <laughs> it was just we played we played a heck of a schedule. That's one thing they did yeah. back then. We 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 played some great guys and uh, we played some great teams. So well, I was about to say I, I couldn't imagine the schedule in current days. So you opened at Kentucky, um, hosted Utah, Illinois, and Penn State back to back to back, and then go to Oklahoma and to Southern Miss, um, who, if I remember correctly, was awesome back then. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's a hell of a start to his schedule. So, uh, Jeremy, do, do you have anything to, to pitch in as far as Yeah, that? yeah. I was going to say, back then with us being an independent, we were the cupcake that everybody scheduled. We had no respect. I remember, I think it was either our 11th or 12th grade year, at home, uh, in one year we played Florida State, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, and I want to say, um, gosh, who's the other team? It was another top, uh, maybe Illinois, or or we played Utah a lot back then too. For some reason, it was just it was it was just it was a big schedule, and then we we kind of shifted away from that when we went to Conference USA, and that's all kind of like probably y'all had heard for a long time before we got to the ACC. Man, we want better schedules, but we lived through those better schedules, and it wasn't very fun. <laughs> Plus, there was a period where Louisville was independent, so they had to take on those tough games like Tennessee, Penn State, and all them. Too. Well, that's how we made money. We took the money games. Like, hey, two hundred fifty thousand dollars to come play. T-. Well, we hosted Tennessee a couple times too, and in North Carolina, that's who it was, North Carolina. So we were we were the back then we were the the team that everybody. I'm trying to figure out somebody today that that that's like that. Probably, well, maybe Appalachian State because they used to they before they made the jump up, they were the team that like. Didn't they beat Michigan a couple years ago, and then they came close to beating Penn State the year before, something like that, I believe. Um, but that's who we were. They, they, we, that's what really started our our football tradition. Yeah, we used to have, we, we used to love playing those guys too. We we had some big games. We actually in a lot of those games in the beginning, first half. Of course, you know, <laughs> as a bigger team like that, right? Because we we played with uh, Penn State at Penn State. We were real close. We uh, yeah. we, beat, we actually beat Michigan State at Michigan State. We lost to Ohio State by two so, at Ohio State. So it's like it, players gonna play, and you are gonna rise to the occasion, and we definitely rose to the occasion. I met a whole lot of those guys. I came, I became friends with a lot of those players playing across from them. Just Uh, Something that Dorian Etheridge touched on yesterday that I wanted to pick your brain about specifically was how hard it could be last time for them to want to come back out at halftime. They would go in, you know, if you watched Louisville last year, you saw that they'd get down early, and you could probably see that some of these guys that you played with, this is not them. This is not the guy that I played next to. Not, not, not questioning their ability, but wondering what else is going on inside and how things are happening. How hard would it be when you're getting? you know, beat like that to have to come back out and know that there's more either one of, I don't think you ever had to go through that during your time here, but how hard can that be mentally to have to prepare yourself? Like we're going to get killed when we step back on this field. 
I don't really necessarily know I want to do this. I mean, it's all about your mindset. I mean, you can't really go on the field thinking like that. If you're thinking like that before you go in there, you might not even play. You know, and and it starts with the team. You know, coaches can do so much, but you got to have leadership within the team too. You got to have that one guy on the defense or two guys, and you got to have that one or two guys on the offense. And when they say it's time to go, it's time to go. You got to have each other's back. It go was, ahead. And it was stuff like like we balled out. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you take the scores away and you go stat for stat, like we're right there with them. But it was just silly stuff. Like, I give a play that I made. Like, we were, we were playing North Carolina at North Carolina and killing them. I was killing them the whole entire game. Catch a pass. I run. It's probably about a good 60 yards. Get down to the five-yard line. Guy comes behind, strips the ball. Ball pops up. He recovers it. And they end up winning that game off of a play like that to where I'm in the shower and guys are like, oh, my God, like we can't do anything to win. But because if you go back and look at the stats, like guys are playing. I heard uh, – I used to argue with guys all the time when they were playing about um, them guys are giving up. Them guys are giving up. In football, like we never give up. Like – my job is to play. My job mm-hmm. is to go catch passes and block, and I'm going to come out there and do my job, whether we're up 50 or we're down 50. So a lot of people think that it's that way, but it's really, truly not. How hard was it for you last year to watch a defense that you played in for four years? And obviously I know you didn't play for Brian Van Gorder or Peter Sermon, but how hard was that for you to watch that? Especially uh, you know a lot of those guys. Those are your. Those are some of the guys that you played alongside of. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys are new, uh, freshmen that I didn't play with, but – I mean, it was still tough, man. You know, I don't never remember us giving up, you know, 60 points here, 50 points. I mean, we had like maybe we went like 10 quarters my sophomore year where nobody didn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was tough just watching it. But, you know, I guess those, you know, the growing pains that they got to go through, you know, especially a young team. And now you got new coaches in. So, you know, it's going to get better with time and experience. What's the biggest thing, in your opinion, that th- this team this year is going to have to change in order to to be successful, I mean, you hear them talking about how they bought in, they continue to preach new culture, new culture. But you were a part of a team that went from one and ten and turned it around big time. What do you think in the locker room that what those guys are going to have to do in order to kind of have any success, whether it's winning or just being competitive? I just think it's just believing in the system, believing in the system that your coach is going to bring in. Um, I've had an opportunity to actually sit down with Coach Holt, the tight end coach, and I watch a bunch of film on Coach Sat, and if he gets. When he gets the athletes in those positions, he's going to be awesome. He reminds me of a Coach P 2.0. Coach P has a play that, that's going to kill you. All right, and Coach P is going to run it. He's just going to hit that play, hit that play, hit that play. Coach Sands is going to be like, okay, I ran that play and it didn't work, so let me go. He gonna, he's going to literally, even if it's to the point of drawing up a play, and it's going to be like the greatest play that you've ever seen. But he just has to have the athletes. I'm just worried about him being able to – getting some good athletes in there, man. But um, I just think it's just about buying into the system. If you don't buy in, then it's not going to it's not gonna work. Have uh, either of you watched some of the old App State footage from when Coach Satterfield was there to get a feel for, like, what kind of system he runs, both on offense and defense? Yeah, that's what I did with Coach Holt. Hmm. Well, I didn't get a chance to see it, yeah. I snuck into a high school, uh, high school coach's clinic, and I got a chance to sit down with Coach Holt and – a lot of his stuff he did at Appalachian State. My mouth was dropped. I was just like, so for him to do that, he can get down here and get him some. Definitely get the if he can get the recruiting going, he's going to be he's going to have some success here because we got the facilities, we got the ability to bring people in. So yeah. if he can get some. Got the facilities. Yeah. So if he can, <laughs> if he can, he can get that recruiting going. I'm telling you, he's going to make some noise. So let me ask you too. What? Why do you all think that we saw the team in disarray last year? What do you think? Because there's been so many things come out the last few days. Here's a couple of them. Uh, there were players that came out and said they weren't allowed at Coach P's office. They didn't. Some of them didn't know where it was. Uh, one of the, the gentlemen said he uh, he's been around Sat for six months and he's closer uh, to him than he ever was with Coach P. And Coach P recruited him. I think what tenth, eleventh grade. And then the local recruits. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but about. Six weeks into the season last year, we stopped recruiting all the local kids. Why do you think that, that I mean, was was he and, – and y'all don't have to say anything you don't want to, obviously. Or, you know, why do you think the team was in such a mess last year? I mean, we have the, the, we have the quality athletes. Keith, you can go first. Uh, I mean, what I say, I mean, I can't speak for everybody. Right. 
you know, I know coaching and stuff got a lot to do with it, but we was close when I was here as a team. Like, not including the coaches. Like, we would throw cookouts. Like, outside the facility, like, the whole team, whether it's walk-ons, anybody, everybody come out there. And that just build team camaraderie. And then we know when we were in the weight room, you know, we had a lot of leaders. We had a lot of seniors. So we putting guys along, whether it's freshmen, they got to learn fast. But we're making sure we're pulling everybody along, just like on the offense. I know Lamar them is taking care of the offense and making sure those guys are working hard. So, you know, it really just starts within the team. You know, I, I mean, I can't really speak. I mean, I wasn't here after that. Right. You know, a lot of guys, and we had it left. But, you know, I know how it was when I was here. So, Just from what you observe, Ivan, what, what do you think the reason was that we – I mean, we just look – I've never seen anything. Even our one in ten year, we – it looked like, and obviously, you know, as we both we've all said, football players don't quit. It may look like it. That's one of the myths that I hate the most. Oh, they they gave up. Maybe they were too tired. Maybe they couldn't do it anymore. But 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 we don't give up. Why did it look so much like we gave up last year as opposed to when we were? I mean, we really were each game trying to get that W, and we didn't. We never looked defeated. We never looked deflated. What do you think? I mean, you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. That's true. I mean, it, it could be as simple as, um, like, when we were there, when Coach Cooper's great, get fired. Like, I mean, if you heard about it, I mean, your mentality, in your mind, your subconscious shit is like, oh, I don't know why we're playing. But you're going to go play. But what you don't realize being what you don't realize being young is that can affect you. So, like, if you, in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't know why we're going hard because coach is getting fired anyway. Mm-hmm. But then you go out and you run a play, you run you run a route. That route's not going to be as tight because your mind mentally is not into it. So I think a lot of, a lot of mistakes we made last year. It was a lot of mental mistakes. We were sitting watching the games and we're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he did that." And then a lot of the older players were like, "Coach P's getting soft because if we'd have did that with Coach P." Like you and you're not gonna see the field for the next six games. So like Coach P literally would not allow us to mess up anywhere like there was zero room for mistakes so it, it had to be hard for him too so it, it, you never know what was going on behind the scenes I think uh sorry what, what he, he was kind of saying what Keith's kind of saying was, was about the whole team camaraderie you, you you didn't really see them kind of it just in my observing like really band together and support one another I think that could have been probably it and it wasn't that there wasn't playing hard or there wasn't they wouldn't go out there and trying to win I just think you you didn't see that where before even if they were losing those guys had each other you could tell they loved each other they, they supported each other and you kind of didn't see that as much and maybe the cameras just didn't catch it or whatnot I mean I don't know it could have been you're right behind the scenes what what really goes on but you didn't see that where you've seen it in other, in other years before. Well, yeah, because there were a couple of incidents that happened, and we won't bring those up because right. it's in the past, uh, that came to light, and it was people like, you know, there's that meme of the Spider-Mans pointing at each other. It was yeah. like everybody was blaming each other. Nobody right. really came to take anybody else's back. So, yeah, I mean, but I never thought about that till just now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's that's probably it. Because a lot of the plays they were, they were messing up, a lot of mistakes they were making, I mean, it was some small stuff mental stuff you're like i can't believe this so, all right so the big thing this summer has been the culture change everybody's talking about oh man we love the culture change do you buy into that or do you think it's just something that that they've been told to say since it's a new uh leadership or do you think they really are like man we had no structure last year that that's their words not mine i don't know what went on we love all this structure and discipline i mean that don't sound like anything i would have ever said in like high school or college. oh Please discipline me more, but I mean, do, do you buy into the culture change? I buy into it, but it's different. Like they, they're, they're actually like, like he was saying earlier, they're catering to the younger, yeah. younger athlete. I mean, I went to one practice, man. They got the music blasting, so it's like music blasting. They're playing, and they're like, like it's just they're just going, and like everybody's, everybody's buying in, and they're, they're really, really hype and, and, and hype about everybody buying into it. So I love the way the practices were going. I was impressed. So I'm looking forward to him living up to the hype because they're definitely hyping it up. But I can say this, there is um, a op- more of an open door for the alumni. So uh, Vince, he's reached out to a lot of the alumni. and The coaches are really open to the, a lot of the alumni. So I can say one thing about it, they're definitely trying to change the culture. Yeah, Vince was really excited to meet you. He said he hadn't he – hadn't, did he say he hadn't met you before or it had been a long time since he met you? It's been a while. 
he, he said, oh, my gosh, it's Ivan Green. Like, he knew exactly who you were. He was gushing all over you, just like everybody for the last 30 years has. Well, I think he's the same next guy, so we, oh, we've always had that battle anyway. Right. Yeah, I got a comment on that, too, uh, when he was talking about the music. I know when Coach Strong was here, he let us play a lot of music before practice. And then when Coach Petrino first got there, we wasn't playing no music. Like, it was complete silence. So it got to the point, like, one day we had to go talk to him. Like, I think it was me and probably, like, Sheldon or Lamar. It was somebody. I'm like, Coach, man, if you want everybody to be pumped up for practice, you got to let us play some type of music. And that's how we was able to start playing music at practice. Now, you were there today, so I will follow up with you. The culture change. Do you see that? Do you buy into it? What just from your observations today? What did you see today that may have been different than when you when you came by a couple years ago? Uh, I can feel that the energy is very different. Especially, you know, I don't know a lot of the new players, so you know, it's going to take me some time. I got to get to know some of them. But as as far as like the front office and stuff, I can feel the energy up there is a lot different. Like just even at the top, like everybody seems excited. Everybody seems happy. It's a lot of smiling, you know. So, man, of course, when you come from Coach B to yeah. Coach that, you like it'd be some days where people don't even want to talk when they walk through there. It's like it's just be like, be like zombies walking through there. All right, real quick, this is my annual plea to Vince Tyre or anybody in charge up at Louisville. Can we please get my man Ivan Green in the circle of champions? Five-time All-American, most overall. T- I'm, I'm not just. I know you hate this stuff, and that's why I'm doing it mostly. But can we get this man? There's there's people in there that don't have half the stats of him, and no disrespect to any of them up there. Can we get my guy? Uh, do we have any other two-time All-Americans? Maybe I mean other than uh, five-time All-American here, and he can't even get in the circle of champions. It, it's a it's a it's a it's a disservice as far as I'm concerned. I know you hate it. Go yeah. ahead. Tell me. Vince, I, just let me in the L Club. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's cool, and I appreciate it. I hear it from a lot of my friends, a lot of former players, man, but I'm just – God just blessed me with a talent to be able to be around and be in a special situation to where I get to sit next to guys like this and sit in a room like this and – you know, of course, guys like me, right? Of course, man. You okay. you gonna text me next week? So, <laughs> but um, it's just I'm just I'm just thankful and, and blessed just to have the opportunity. So, I, if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, then whoever gets up right deserves it. So, we Keith, we wrote an article for Big Red Louie a couple of weeks ago uh, about the the 21st century all defensive team, and we've got you in there as one of the linebackers. How does that make you feel to know that you kind of since the year 2001? Guys like Preston Brown, guys like yourself, James Burgess, Stacey Thomas. Like, how does it make you feel? Robert McCune, even. I don't know if you even remember who that is. One of the one of the biggest linebackers I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. How does that make you feel to know that you you are a Louisville legend because of what you did on the field? Uh, it feels good, man. Especially knowing where I came from. I wasn't a top recruiter. You know, I had schools. But I was like two, three star recruit. So you know, when I got here, you know, I just worked my tail off like every day, like, every day. I was just telling myself, you know, I don't want to get red shirt. I don't want to get red shirt. You know, you have people like James Quick. He coming, he five star. You know, I'm a little two, three star. So I'm trying to get where he at. You know, and you know, we just pushed each other. And it wasn't just me. You know, there was a lot of people around me that helped me get to where I was at too, from coaches to my teammates to even people in the front office. So you know, I owe it to the whole university. It wasn't just me. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just want to say I, I am uh, thankful that you finally brought honor to the number 55, too. Just saying that. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> the rest of y'all can't see this, but I'm about to stick a finger up towards Daniel, and it means that he's number one. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> what? I'm being, I'm being truthful. Yeah, thanks. So, about your professional career, I mean, I I know you've gotten a couple of chances with the Steelers. How have things been going? Uh, You know, I know you've played in a couple of preseasons. You you signed a nice contract after the draft. How have things been going up there? What's been some of the feedback they've been giving you, and how do you feel about the next next season coming up? Well, things been going good. You know, I got hurt last year when I had tore my pec and stuff. So, you know, I'm about back at 100% now, and I'm feeling good. So, you know, I'm just ready to get back out there and do my thing. Are you going to camp with them this year? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you feel like you've got uh, got a shot to make the the fifty three? Yeah, I mean, I had a, I was there last year if I wouldn't have got hurt. So, you know, but it's all God's timing. It's, it's never mind. You know, whatever He has for me is for me. And, you know, I'm gonna just go with it. So I've been blessed to play football this long. A lot of people can't even say that. 
So, what's yeah. it like playing for that organization? I mean, it's one of the most storied, uh, you know, professional of, of any sport. What, what's it been like playing alongside of guys like Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and being coached by Mike Tomlin? Oh man, it's great, man. It's, it's a lot of talent that I've seen on that, like James Harrison. I've got to see him. And the most exciting part was how many guys on the team were from Louisville, like Will Gay, uh, Eli Rogers. Uh, a lot of those guys, you know, it's, it's just like we was back in college. You know, I was with Eli for like two, three years here. And Will on the stuff coaching staff now. Yeah, he's he intern yeah. now. But you know, it's it's a great feeling. You see a lot of guys, you know, the Pouncy Twins, a Big Ben. You know, I was watching. I was playing Big Ben on Madden when I was like in middle school. <laughs> so. You know, this is real good. And, you know, Coach T reminds me of Coach Strong a lot, too. Uh, have you talked to Benny Snell since he got drafted by the Steelers? I haven't really got a chance to talk to him. I, I, I don't know if it's the U.K. thing <laughs> or what it is. But, I mean, he's a great player, too. Hats to him. You know, he was real tough when we played him my senior year. Still mad about that game. We could have went to the Orange Bowl. But, you know, Make sure you put a good lick on him for me. I mean, I know he's a teammate, but, you know, it is what it is. You mentioned, and I, I want to make sure this is out there for everybody because I saw it when it happened. I'm not sure how many people are privy to this, but your commitment video that you made, it made me instantly fall in love. I mean, that was, that's what made me fall in love with you as an athlete. I was like, this is, this is a Louisville man. Can you tell everybody else what you did in your commitment video? Uh, I think I had like three schools on the table. It was at my high school. It was in the media room, and I think I had uh, put the U.K. hat on. And I chunked it at the wall. I got a lot of hate for that, too. So many fans. People like, I hope you break your leg. Yep. All kind of stuff. Even Coach Strong, he was like, man, why did you do that? All that stuff. And then I ended up putting my Louisville hat on. And, you know, it was, it was the best decision of my life. You know, I, I loved it. He, he definitely, said, understood, this, he he definitely understood rivalry. That's what, you know, that's, that's a, that, us fans, we like to see that because we're like, yeah, they get it. They understand. Yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get it there and bust. He was like, get this crap off my head. Go cards. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. Yeah. So, I guess uh, one of my last questions is, what do you all see? Um, we've talked to all this all night, and I appreciate y'all coming by uh, to do this with all of us. Uh, it's been a pleasure f- uh, for us. Uh, what do you all see for next season? What do you? Uh, I know it's, we're not going to be ten and two, obviously, and go into the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that's what I lo- stop it, Ivan. Uh, but but what do you all see just from the because? You both have been with uh, around Coach Petrino, so you know what it is, uh, the transition. What what do you think we're going to see this upcoming year? Do you think we're going to struggle? Do you think we're going to just like go right back into the the into the groove, or do you? I mean, do you think we're going to uh, exceed everybody's expectations? Ivan, you well, go ahead and go first. I just think uh, <clears throat> from what I've seen in the practice, a couple of practices that I uh, was able to go check out. He definitely has some athletes. It's going to be an interesting season, I'll say that. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. How many wins did we get this year? Mm-hmm. Text me next week. Nope. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just say this. He, some people, he's going to shock some people. Okay. They're going to make some plays. But he, he with Notre Dame coming in here, he definitely has a test on his hands. So, um he definitely has the opportunity to make some noise. So I, I think I think we're going to make some noise. I think we're going to be better than we were last year. I bet we, uh, we're, we're going to win more than two games. You're such a wuss. What, <laughs> just, just say it. Three, four, five, six, seven. Nah, man, I said it. I said it a few years ago. No, you didn't. You you called it that we had that watch party out at JB's, and you're like, oh yeah, we're going to get this many wins, and, and we actually got that many wins. So maybe you speaking it into existence will help us out. Let me look into it, and I'll get back. I can't stand you. <laughs> Keith, what about you? Same thing? I say we can get a bowl game at least. At the least. We can at least get a bowl game. Okay. Yeah, six. we're going to get a bowl game. No, no, no. You can't piggyback. <laughs> no, 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 no. That ain't how this goes. Nothing further, man. I mean, I really appreciate you guys coming out. True pleasure talking to you guys and a lot of insight. So it's been really incredible. I've got to give me your best Lamar Jackson story. Just something. We heard a story. We did an interview this week with one of the players' dads who was a freshman in Lamar's last year. Told us about Lamar did a backflip in practice, and Coach Petrino kicked him out of practice for doing that. There's got to be something that he did as a freshman where you're just a sophomore. You're like, like something good for us. I wouldn't say good. (laughs) (laughs) My first real memory 
of Lamar. It was him and a couple of his classmates. It was their first camp, and they left their room to go get something to eat during camp. And I think one of the coaches seen them. So Covatrino had them running the stadiums every day after practice, like bear crawling, running. I was talking about every day, all day, to the point where they ain't even want to leave the room. Like, but you know, Lamar was real low key though. When I was, you know, in school, he ain't, he ain't really do much. You know, he hung around us, but you know, especially once it got to the point, he couldn't even leave the room like that. Everybody knew who he was, so I mean, he was pretty low key for the most part. Best um, best Teddy story. You know, I just I always admired Teddy though, just what he stood for, what he went through, you know, with his mom, you know, that whole story, just everything. Just, even after he took that hit in the Sugar Bowl and came back and just shredded Florida. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, Teddy was he was a great team, man. I was just blessed to be able to play with both of them. You know, a lot of people can't say that. Two first round quarterbacks. You know, I think I played with about five or six first rounders while I was here. You know, Jair was our first corner to get drafted in the first round ever. So, you know, I was blessed to play with some guys, some great guys. All right, my last question. I know I said the last one was my last question by a lot. Who was your? Who were some of your favorite teammates when you were here at Louisville? Man, uh, D'Angelo Brown. Of course, that was my nose guard. Uh, Sheldon Rankins. Of course, my, my guy, James Burgess. That was like my, that's my bad brother. Uh, Josh, Harvey Clemens. There's a lot of guys. I mean, me and Lamar, close. There's a lot of guys. I mean, what's, what's crazy, a lot of people don't believe this. I was telling people that today. We still got our whole 2016 group message, defense. We talk about every day. Awesome. Everybody's in it. Stacey Thomas, Jair, uh, James Hearns, J- uh, Josh Harvey Clemens, uh, Chucky Williams. We're all we're talking it every day. Drew Bailey. Like every day, 2016 defense message. That's we, awesome. We didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> <laughs> we had- who, was, who was your favorite teammate ever? That's got him, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but on the real, who was no, your you, favorite teammate? I'm, that's messed up. All right. If Jeremy wasn't here, what would you say? Um, Chris. I mean, Chris was my brother. My best friend, his name is Don Bibb. He played cornerback, number 27. And uh, he uh, that's my best friend. We've been playing together since we were in elementary school. But um, a lot of those guys, I had Arnold Jackson. Uh, Dion was a prop then. He wasn't playing, but he was around. So uh, Lavelle Boyd, Frank Moreau, Chris Redman. But I also got a chance to play with uh with 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 uh who was there? Payne, Jason Payne, mm-hmm. Marty Lowe. So I played with some of the other guys. Tyrus McLeod was there, uh, Johnny Frost. Johnny Frost, Terry Rice Lockett, Alan Campos, Terry Rice Lockett. So when I came in, Roman Oban. So I, I came in with some uh there was a lot of Sam Madison. Rico Clark, Ray Buchanan, all those guys. I'm going to lob up one more thing to you, and I want to. I just want to give you a good laugh. I'm sorry how this is going to make you feel. He wasn't alive when you played at Louisville. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> the, 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 the crazy part is I still do a lot of speaking, a lot of a lot of camps and stuff like that, and it's funny because I run the running the uh, young young men like that. They don't have a clue who I am. Yeah, it's like you just play for Louisville. Yeah, you know Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've met him. I, I've had a chance to uh, to talk to him and do a little mentoring of Devontae. But yeah, man. But uh, it's kind of like he said, man. We're still a family. So, really. all right. I said I've, I'm going to be like you. I got to ask another question. Did they ever? Did the Steelers ever come to you and be like, "Hey, man, what do we do about Lamar?" Have they yet? Because I mean, I only know it was one year. But have they come to you and said like, asked you for any kind of advice or opinion on him? Pray that he catch a cold. <laughs> you know, it's the NFL, so you know them guys. They on top of that. That's, that's their job. That's, they do that all day. They don't really need me. I mean, of course, a lot of the players they'll come and ask me about him, like what he like to do, how was he in school, it's all kind of stuff. But the coaches, they be so in tune. That's what they do all day, every day. And you got some of the best of the best trying to game plan on players. So. They, I mean, they know what to do. What's it like looking at him right now and seeing him look like he ate another Lamar Jackson? I mean, he's he's double the size that he was when he was here. Yeah, I mean, I seen him go through like three phases. When he first got here, he was bones, skinny bones. Mm-hmm. Then he got big for our senior, or his our, my senior season. He gained a lot of weight and then gained some more weight his last year. And now he's just big. He don't even look like the same guy. He got his dreads. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for him, too. I'm really excited for him. Hopefully they let him air it out a little more. We good? All right, well, we want to thank everybody. We want to thank our guests, Ivan Green and uh, Keith Kelsey, for coming in. My guys from Cardinal Sports Zone, Daniel Spencer, JK. And thank you. Without these guys over here, this would not have been possible because they actually came up with the idea and, uh, you know, watered it. I watered it a little bit, and it's blossomed into this. But thank you to Presley. Thanks, Jacob, and thanks, Ethan. Um, next time we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have a baseball. We don't know which order these are gonna air in, but we're gonna have a baseball podcast with uh, with Assad Ali, uh, son of the great Muhammad Ali. He'll be here in the house. We're gonna have uh, Colin Lyman. He played on Louisville's team about three uh, three or four years ago, and we're gonna have the Luke Smith. in. he wasn't able to make it tonight because of a death in the family. Like we said, we extend our condolences but he was adamant he wanted to make it still happen so we're going to make it happen and then in august we're going to have a basketball one we're going to have dewan wheat in the house i got a couple surprises i'm working on for the guy i like to to surprise them as well too i I already told ethan you better not tell nobody because i'm then i'm not going to do it but uh I'm, i'm wanting to make this a big thing for us to do during the summer because the dead months are just the worst so until next time we appreciate it this has been the cardinal sports zone Big Red Louie crossover. We're out. I'm the incarnation where them Cardinals at. With them Cardinals on their glove and the Cardinal hat. I'm in the Cardinal sports zone. Spitting Cardinal raps. Say it. C-A-R-D-S. Let's go. Play a Cardinal game. Get a Cardinal start. Play a Cardinal strong. Leave a Cardinal mark. And if you get